brought to you by EDI Travel. Hey, welcome to Faith Talk 570, 910 FM 102.1, The Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Bill Carl, sitting in on this Friday afternoon. And uh, listen, I love being with you, but I'm looking at this weather outside and actually seeing some sunshine. And yeah, whew, gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we're going to have a great show today, and then I'm going to go get outside. Because <laughs> I don't know what you do for a living, but basically all day I sit in my cave in front of a microphone and so uh, sunshine has a lot of meaning to me, especially this time of year when we're starting really to kind of get in the heart of the tropical season where the rain comes every day and every night and we start to look like Seattle with palm trees. So that's kind of where I'm at today. A lot going on, too. We are getting so close to school starting back. Um, I talk about this a lot in the mornings. A lot of moms and dads are starting to prepare. We had our kids out for their haircuts yesterday. Doctor's appointments today. Missy took them for physicals. Zach had a couple of shots in the arm. Uh, and now it's time to go for shoes, for backpacks, for uniforms, for school supplies. To kind of make that all happen is a big, big deal. Uh, tax-free weekend is coming up August 3rd through the 5th. You can uh, go throughout the state of Florida and uh, sales tax-free on all your school supplies. That's a great time to save big and just really kind of get after that and get it all done. But I have to be really honest with you. We do some of that stuff online now. School uniforms, I, don't, I cannot tell you how many times I've gone to Walmart or Target a couple of days before school, and it always seems the exact size that you need that's all run out. It's never, uh, you know... Triple, small, petite, extra skinny, or giant, uh, man, that kid is growing up too fast kind of sizes. It's the stuff that we all need that seems to be gone. So we've gotten to a place right now, man, I'll just jump right on Amazon and say, you know, school uniform shirts, and bam, that stuff's at my house in just a moment. And by the way, and again, I talk about this in the morning show a lot, you may be dreading going back to school. And I don't mean just the kids don't want to go back to school and it's been a great summer, but uh, due to circumstances beyond your control at your child's school, you may absolutely be dreading and they may be dreading going back. Maybe there's a, a situation of bullying. Maybe uh, there's a situation where your children are just being exposed to elements that they can't deal with. Uh, maybe they're seeing drugs or just... Uh, maybe they're seeing bullying. Maybe they're seeing foul language. All the things that you kind of have steered them away from at home are being thrown in their faces at school and you just can't take it anymore. And maybe it goes just even beyond that. Maybe it goes to ideologies and principles and ways of looking at life and faith and, and the way that we're to conduct ourselves in society uh, that you disagree with and you're ready for a change. This is no joke, uh, and I bring it up every year. We started this in the recession. Uh, we have a website called ChristianTuitions.com. It's called ChristianTuitions.com, and it's a website that you can go to, and you can find a Christian school in your community. And, I mean, we have them all the way down in Sarasota, all the way up into Newport Ritchie. Our friends at Elfers Christian School uh, just accommodated a, a family the other day. But you can put a child into one of these Christian schools for half off your first year's tuition. And there are all kinds of options. We have schools out in Brandon, and we have schools uh, uh, in Riverview, and right here in Tampa Bay. 
Uh, I know Tampa Bay Christian Academy is one of them. Uh, the uh, First Baptist of Brandon uh, Christian Academy is another that you can send your child to in the next school year for half off that first year's tuition. You do need to do it through us, though, okay? Because that's how you get it. If you if you don't do it through us, you're going to call about it, and they're going to say, huh, what? So uh, here's the website, christiantuitions.com. That's christiantuitions.com. You can go to our website, and you can make it a point to sign up today uh, to put your child in a great Christian school for half off. So, yeah, it is definitely back to school season. I'm Bill Carl, by the way, filling in for Bill Bunkley here on Faith Talk 57910 FM 102.1. You know, another season that we're diving into is hurricane season. Of course, we kind of enter that in June. We had our tax-free hurricane uh, week back, I believe, the first week of June where you could buy uh, hurricane supplies uh, with no sales tax. But this is where it really starts to get thick. This is where every day we're getting the heavy thunderstorms and we're getting a lot of wind and the rain and the ground has soaked up a lot of moisture. And so we begin to see water standing more than we have. And really just a key time as we get into August, all the way into September, October, and then the end of, or the beginning of November, it is prime hurricane season. I, I remember last year we went out, uh, we have some friends that every year we go to Orlando and we stay in a hotel and kind of sit by the pool for Labor Day weekend. And they were going to stay for Labor Day and we were kicking it around. We we're like, you know what, why don't we, um, why don't I hang out one more night? Why don't we just do that? And I don't know. I I think it was the Lord just really just kind of pricked us to to go home that day. And we got home and and we saw the uh, the first warnings of of Hurricane Irma coming to Florida. And I looked at Missy and I said, "Babe, I said I think I said I've I've never really felt this way before. We've just kind of whatever happened happened. But I just really feel we need to get prepared for this storm." And uh, I said, I'm going to go down to Lowe's. And I said, look, I'm going to buy a generator. And if we don't need it, we don't need it. And I'll take it back when everything's over. Uh, But I really, I won't even take it out of the box. I said, but I I just feel like we should get ready. And she said, I feel like that too. She goes, why don't you go ahead? You know, I just feel like I should, you know, really make sure we're stocked up on our batteries and flashlights, first aid supplies, water, all the stuff that you want. When a storm comes and, you know, really, I mean, we've lived in Florida for decades. Missy's a Florida native and we've prepared for storms before. It never felt like I needed to prepare quite like I did this time. So I went down to Lowe's and uh, I got one of the last six generators that they had in the store. I bought four, uh, I believe they're five gallon jerry cans for gasoline and took those home, got out the generator, just made sure that it was ready to go. Missy went ahead and went grocery shopping. We got all the stuff. And then for the rest of the week, everybody else laughed at us. I mean, I sat with a bunch of friends, and one of them sagely folded his hands and said, well, you know, this thing's going to pass off the East Coast, and it's just going to head on up into the Nova Scotia area, and there ain't going to be no big problem. And that's how he talks. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make fun. Uh, I just kept my mouth shut. So as you know, that storm came, Irma came, and it was as big as the state of Florida. And uh, we live in an A-level flood zone, and we were thinking about staying. In fact, we got with all our neighbors we're, the night before the storm wreck. You know, oh, we're going to stay. We're going we're gonna to stick it out. And uh, that ended really quickly 
when we saw the big forecast come in, when the truck came going, through going, this is a mandatory evacuation zone. You have to leave. So we boarded up the house with our hurricane shutters. We uh, put all of our furniture upstairs, and we learned one important thing before we bugged out to Orlando to stay with my sister. We learned that everything that's precious, everything that we absolutely needed to start over, including insurance documents and bank documents, uh, wedding photography, uh, albums of the kids growing up, baby books, all of it fit into a box that was maybe one by two. It was like one of these blue storage boxes you get at uh, Target. And yeah, I know, right? So we load all that stuff up. We head to Orlando. They got it as bad as we did. 100 mile an hour winds. Tore up my brother's canopy, my brother-in-law's canopy on his his home. Uh, We went out the next day. There is a bunch of branches falling down. And then we got back to Tampa. And you know what? A friend had stayed and stuck it out. And thank God. Our house was untouched. Our street was unflooded. The power came on. Uh, Unlike uh, Eastern Hillsborough County, Polk County, where people were out of power for two and three weeks, four weeks at a time, we were fine. Unlike the Florida Keys, where I was able to go do some work uh, through our church to help uh, some folks down there, just absolutely blown away. We were fine. Uh, And so you say to yourself, well, Bill, why did I go out and buy all this stuff for the hurricane? Why did I go care about this? When it ended up not needing it. Well, can I tell you, the Lord had a plan. My father-in-law came back from a visit up north uh, to his home in Fort Myers. And he had lost power. All the food in his refrigerator was spoiled. I drove down uh, and through Punta Gorda stopped for uh, a snack. I had plenty of gas, so I didn't get gas. They had National Guardsmen with rifles defending the gas stations down there. I ended up I ended up taking to him the generator, the four Jerry cans of gasoline, a portable air conditioning unit, a giant coolers full of ice until he could get the power up and get the refrigerator going. And can I tell you that my father-in-law, who is a MacGyver, rigged up all of that stuff together. He rigged it up. Listen, he rigged up the generator to the AC unit, took the condenser line off the AC unit into a bucket, collected like five gallons of pure water from the condensation unit every day to use to bathe in and for household tasks. And all of the things that the Lord had us buy to get ready for that hurricane were really, in the end, not even for us. They were to provide for somebody else who is in need. Yeah, I mean, right? I know, it's crazy. So all of that to say that as we get deeper into the season, be prepared, be prepared. Make sure that you have the water, make sure that you have the canned goods, all the stuff that you're gonna maybe going to eat for the rest of the year if a hurricane doesn't come. Make sure everything's ready to go because at the end of the day, it may not even be for you. It may be God's provision for somebody else. That's pretty cool to think about to be a part of, and to be ready to provide, to be ready to be used by God, to be there for somebody else in need, right? Yeah. Hey, listen, we've got a great show ahead of us today. We're going to be talking with Ted Bear from Movie Guide about some of the things that are out in the theater now and what's happening too as Netflix and Facebook and Disney and Amazon Prime and all these content providers uh, really 
are in a battle for revenue and what that means and, and what kind of content that they're putting out there. And why is it that movies that don't sell very well with messages that are horrible seem to still make their ways onto these platforms? We're going to talk with him about that uh, a little bit later on today in the five o'clock hour. I'm going to share with you again. I just the other day I was listening to Carmen LaBerge's address at the Tampa Bay Prayer Brunch and the National Day of Prayer. And I was just really I was just really freshly inspired by that. I thought I would share that with you again in the five o'clock hour so you could have a chance to kind of take that in and, and enjoy that and uh, let that be a part uh, of who you are. Hey, coming up next on uh, the Bill Bunkley show, we have a very special guest. Bruce Hausnecht is from Focus on the Family. He's a judicial analyst, and he's going to talk with us about uh, one of the one of the great impacts that's come about uh, with the election of Donald Trump, and that is the chance to reshape the Supreme Court. Of course, Neil Gorsuch was confirmed. Uh, Kavanaugh, his name is up there, and we'll see what happens with the confirmation uh, hearings with him. And really, one of the big cases that uh, has shaped this country over the last almost 50 years has been Roe versus Wade, uh, the case that really took it out of the state's hands when it came to laws regarding abortion and, and whether or not that was legal or not. And now that you look at a Supreme Court being shaped with more of a conservative presence, what does that mean in regards to Roe versus Wade? And another case that was decided on the very same day that many of us don't know about and don't talk about called Doe versus Bolton. We're going to have that conversation next here on the Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Bill Carl. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for listening online at letstalkfaith.com and using the Faith Talk app. We'll be right back. Janae's Tropicals is your one-stop shop for fruit trees, exotic tropical plants and palms, citrus, and more. Join Janae every Saturday morning at 9.30 as she shares more than 24 years of horticultural experience and hosts other green thumb experts to give you free gardening advice. Janae will teach you to live off the land and love it. Visit Janae online at tropicalfruit.com and join her every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Faith Talk 570 WTBN online at letstalkfaith.com. Weekday mornings at 9. Don't miss Moving Forward with Dr. Stephen Rummage. The good news is that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came to us when we could not come to God. And He gave Himself. He offered Himself up on the cross for our sins. Praise God for that. Moving Forward with Dr. Stephen Rummage. Weekday mornings at 9 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. In a football game, the goal is to win. As moms and dads, we've got to have the end of the game in mind. This is Focus on the Family Minute. Here's Dr. Tony Evans. So you're going to get bumps and bruises along the way going down the field. But the issue is, are you going to whine because you got tackled? Or are you going to get up and call a new play because there's a goal line you're trying to cross? Hmm. We're living in a culture today that is destroying our children. If you want to build a skyscraper downtown, you can always know how high they plan to go up by how low they drill down. The higher they plan to go up, the lower they're going to drill down because you cannot build a skyscraper on the foundation of a chicken coop. you got to have a foundation worthy of what you're trying to build. Every parent wants their children to have skyscraper lives. Well, then you better dig deep foundations so that that will not crumble when the culture comes after them. 
Hear more from Tony Evans at FamilyMinute.org. Bunkley Show. I'm Bill Carl filling in today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And you can also connect with us at letstalkfaith.com. And we have the newly redesigned uh, Faith Talk app. You can download that today and listen as well. Hey, listen, one of the big things that's come about with the, uh, the Trump administration and with uh, the return of uh, the GOP to power in Washington in terms of the White House has been the appointment of Neil Gorsuch as a Supreme Court judge, and now it looks like another conservative uh, coming on board, possibly Kavanaugh. Uh, we're not sure how that's going to go in terms of the confirmation process, but you know, we could have, for the first time in a long time, a conservative majority on the Supreme Court. And this calls into question a lot of what would be considered settled constitutional law or settled law in the United States of America. Uh, one of those controversial decisions back in 1973 for the Supreme Court uh, regarded the constitutionality of laws criminalizing or restricting access to abortion. And as uh, Roe v. Wade's decision really opened the door for widespread legal abortion in the United States of America, things has, have never been the same. It's millions of, of babies aborted, millions of lives uh, taken as a result of Roe versus Wade. What happens now that the balances have swung back the other way? Here to talk about that is Bruce Hosnack from Focus on the Family, judicial analyst uh, with a long career in the law, uh, has been uh, responsible for research and analysis of legal and judicial issues related to Christians, the institution of the family, including, including First Amendment freedom of religion, free speech issues, activism on the part of the judiciary, marriage, homosexuality, and pro-life ma- uh, matters for Focus, so, Bruce, I know this was kind of a, a quick conversation to initiate, but thank you for joining us. Oh, glad to be with you, Bill. Thanks. So so let's talk about this a little bit. I, you know, I've grown up, I was born in 1967, Roe v. Wade in, two, in 1973. So there have been only five of my 51 years on this earth where Roe v. Wade has not dictated the laws of this land. And really, in conversations before the 2016 elections, the talk was, well, it doesn't matter who wins the White House. This thing is going to remain intact because nobody really cares about it anyway. Hmm. And I don't mean that to be pejorative or to be flip, but it was one of those things that I, when I say nobody, I meant in the halls of power. I mean, there were Republicans and there were Democrats, and you had things like the Hyde Amendment, but there never seemed to be the political will to readdress this in a substantive way. Does that make sense? Yes, and that's part of the problem with Roe versus Wade in 1973. You know, the states were sorting out the issue of abortion on a state-by-state basis. Mm-hmm. Many, many uh, had uh, prohibitions against abortion. Others had uh, uh, allowed abortion in cases of uh, rape or incest. Um, some had, you know, pretty much abortion on demand. But what the Supreme Court did in 1973 is, is completely derail the democratic process by claiming that the right to abortion is found in the uh, penumbras and emanations of the Constitution. They right. really couldn't point to one, one, uh, any specific language. And they yanked it away from the, the states and said it's now a constitutional right. And so, you know, states no longer have the uh, uh, 
can no longer look at that and pro prohibit it or you know do anything other than legislate and regulate around the edges. And what it did in, with its companion case of Doe, Doe versus Bolton decided the same day was, in essence, allow uh, abortion to occur through all nine months of pregnancy up till the day the child is, is coming through the birth canal. And the reason right. for that right up was, until the child draws its first breath. Yes. And that's because of the health exception that that came as part of the companion case, Doe versus Bolton. So even though Roe versus Wade said, well, yes, and we have this trimester system and the state has an interest beginning in the second and third trimesters. But Doe said all of that goes out the window if if uh, if the health interest of the woman is at stake, mm -hmm. which can include mental health. Now, you reduce that down to its barest minimum, and that just means a woman is depressed that she's pregnant. And therefore, any abortionist at Planned Parenthood is going to say, that's good enough for me. And so that that results in abortion on demand for all nine months of pregnancy. And almost no country in the in the civilized world has that except countries like North Korea. So, you know, we don't want to be on that on that same plane. So this whole new horizon with uh, Judge, Judge Kavanaugh, soon to be, I hope, Justice Kavanaugh, kind of puts this question back into uh, focus for everybody. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the questions that I have as I look at this is before we even get to will the Supreme Court if it comes up, you know, reverse that decision. Let's talk about the what if. What happens if Roe versus Wade is upturned? And you brought up a decision, you know, I'll be really honest with you. Uh was it is it Doe versus Bolton you said? Correct. Okay. Yeah. That's another decision that nobody talks about. And right. I, I had to be really honest when you brought that up, I was kind of like Dover's. I don't even know what he's talking about. So uh, let's talk about that. If Roe versus Wade is reversed, does that also have the same consequences? Is it tied inextricably to Doe versus Bolton? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And and if a reversal was to happen, um, the reversal would almost have to include. Doe versus Bolton, along with Casey versus Planned Parenthood from the 1993 decision, where they said, you know, now our concern is at viability, not this trim, this you know, uh, trimester system mm -hmm. that that Roe had, and and uh, so there's a whole long list of cases dependent on Roe that would have to be overturned as well. Um, but the, to answer your question, if the Supreme Court decided tomorrow, or or when they come back on the first Monday of October, if they decided in a case that all of those uh, abortion cases are are overturned, all that simply does is return the decision-making to the people, either through the states or through Congress, to legislate about abortion, pro or con. And most people don't understand that when they talk, when people talk about, oh, you know, we can't have, we can't see uh, Roe overturned. That would prohibit abortion in all 50 states. Well, no, it doesn't. Um, there would be, a, a, the democratic process would take hold. And and that's what that's the way it should be. So, so, so uh, go ahead. And so that that's how we as as citizens should uh, work that out on a, on a state by state basis, the, the so-called laboratories of democracy and figure out what works best as the public policy of each state. Hey, this is Bill Carl. We're talking with Bruce Hausnecht from Focus on the Family, Focus on the Family dot com. Bruce is a judicial analyst with Focus. He's also a former pastor and litigator uh, and uh, somebody who brings a great deal of impact and experience to this conversation. We're going to continue that conversation here in just a few moments. Uh, we're going to 
talk about really what happens if Roe versus Wade and by extension uh, Doe versus Bolton is repealed. What does that mean? What does it mean for the states? What's the path going forward? And then once we get to that place, maybe Roe versus Wade is overturned and states can decide their own destiny. What happens with states that decide we're going to keep abortion on demand? We're going to uh, be okay with late-term uh, partial birth abortion. We're going to be okay with as many as you want to have, you can have for any reason you want. Uh, what happens for us as Christians in terms of determining next how we stand up for life in, in, from the beginning, from conception uh, to the grave? I think it's a great question, and it's a conversation worth continuing with our friend uh, Bruce uh, Hausnecht from Focus in the Family. We'll continue in just a moment here on Faith Talk 570 and 910. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump is thanking North Korea for turning over the remains of those believed to be U.S. service members killed in the Korean War. Here's White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. Nearly 70 years later... They're coming back to the United States. President Trump speaking of the remains that were airlifted out of North Korea. At the White House, he expressed his appreciation to Chairman Kim Jong-un. For fulfilling a promise that he made to me. The president said these incredible American heroes will soon lay at rest on sacred American soil. Greg Clugston, Washington. An explosive wildfire tore through two small northern California communities before reaching the city of Redding. We actually had a, a few fire tornadoes within this area that moved vehicles around, broke windows out of the vehicles. That's Cal Fire spokesman Scott McLean, whose comments shared on CBS this morning. And this is SRN News. This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. One of President Trump's best judicial nominees has been blocked by indignant Democrats because of columns he wrote while a Stanford student 25 years ago. In one of these pieces, Ryan Bounds argued that ethnic identity groups promote campus divisions. And in another, he demanded proof beyond a reasonable doubt before expelling young men accused of sexual assault. Now, these are arguable but mainstream opinions expressed by a teenager that have now been used to wreck the hopes of a Yale Law graduate and a respected veteran federal prosecutor. If Republicans do gain a few Senate seats in November, I hope President Trump will try again to win confirmation for the eminently deserving Ryan Bounds. I'm Michael Medved. For more information, please visit townhallreview.com. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Dog or hamburger at the ball game, and you need to bring your appetite to Spectrum Field every Monday. Your $14 ticket includes all you can eat. That's right, you can chow down on all of your ballpark favorites, like hamburgers and hot dogs and many other concession favorites. All you care to eat. Just $14 gets you a ticket to the game and all you can eat. Make sure you come hungry. Visit Threshersbaseball.com. Threshers Baseball, get hooked. Here's Dr. Robert Jeffress with today's Pathway Minute. When we get to heaven, what will our bodies be like? It's not our old bodies that we are going to carry into heaven. And aren't you grateful for that? 
Aren't you grateful God doesn't just resurrect your old body and, you know, put some duct tape around it and some glue and try to hope it holds together for all eternity? No, it's not our old bodies. Our old bodies are raised, but then they are completely renovated in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. And what we receive is much superior to what was planted. But if you want a good idea of what your resurrection body is going to be like for eternity, the best place to look is to look at Jesus himself. Jesus is the prototype of our resurrection body. Pathway Minute is produced by Pathway to Victory. To access the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress, go to ptv.org. Weekdays at 1 p.m. Don't miss Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. You are a child of the Most High King. You have favor on your life. Act like it, walk like it, talk like it. If you knew who you were, you would act differently. Praise God. Keep your head up high. Why? Because I'm a child of the King. Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Weekdays at 1 on Faith Talk 570 and online at letstalkfaith.com. Welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Bill Carl this Friday afternoon. Thank you so much for listening. And folks ask me all the time how Bill Bunkley is doing. Had a chance to sit with him uh, and Tony uh, oh, about a week ago. We had a great chat. He's in high spirits. He's looking good. He's got a ways to go. They have a ways to go as he continues uh, treatment, uh, as he continues to recover, as he continues to get back to health. So pray for the Bunkleys, and you can keep up. Bill Bunkley's Facebook page is a great place to uh, keep tabs on everything. And listen, I'm only going to say this because I know my friend Phil Grandy said it on our sister station. Uh, I know that there is a a GoFundMe out there for Bill and Tony that helps take care of some of the, the costs that have come along with Bill's illness. Not just the direct medical costs, but the the things that happen in the family during that time that are hard to keep up with. It's something that we support, and I hope you will as well. Bill has posted that on his Facebook page. He's a humble guy. I know it's hard uh, for uh, him to even mention it, Uh, but I just want to tell you, if Bill has been a blessing to you over time, as he has been to our family, we're great friends outside of the radio station, I hope you'll take it. Uh, just a moment to pray about that and, and see how you can be of help and see how you can be of benefit uh, in that situation. And I'm probably going to get even in trouble for bringing it up, but I uh, love Bill and, uh, and we just want to see the best for him and Tony and Zach. The Lord loves him. And I know you do too. So there you go. Bruce Hausnack joins us from focus in the family, judicial analyst. You can learn more at focus We're talking today on faith talk five seventy nine ten and FM 102.1 about what happens if Roe versus Wade is overturned. And it's, you know, this is one of those things, Bruce, where, again, my whole adult life and most of my childhood, Roe versus Wade was simply the law of the land. And even though, you know, people were saying and we were, you know, hoping that it could happen, now we're at that moment where it could happen. Everybody's like, oh, what now? And, and one of the questions that at least comes into my mind, and I'll probably be maybe a little bit of the devil's advocate here is, Okay, so it reverts back to the states, and I think you see, you would see, you know, I, I think I could probably name out loud without naming them, already know the states that would say, okay, immediately, we don't provide abortion. Other right. states would, uh, again, they would take a, a more uh, an approach that would say, well, 
life of the mother. They would have to redefine what that means. Uh, as you were talking about, Doe versus Bolton also talks about, well, you know, I just don't feel good about being pregnant, so I want to have an abortion. So the states each would begin to figure that out on their own. But there would be a group of states that would probably not only say, yeah, we're good with abortion. We're good with abortion on demand. In fact, we're good with late-term abortion. So is is an advocate for life at Focus in the Family and as Christ followers who advocate for life, what what then becomes the battle for us? What becomes the what what becomes the next? You know, I think it it's twofold. First of all, we have to win the battle in as many states as we can. And then in terms of the larger conversation, I think there will become a t- uh, we will reach a time when we have refocused the issue on how uh, how important is the baby in uterus. And if we can convince our fellow man that to change the way we've been thinking for the last uh, 50 years because of, of mm-hmm. Roe, we could actually pass a, a U.S. constitutional amendment guaranteeing that uh, life begins at conception and is also covered by the 14th Amendment, and we would not have uh, states making separate rules for uh, babies that can, be, that can be murdered as opposed to human, uh, humans outside the uterus that can be murdered, that, that kind of thing. So right. okay. it's, it's a long-term conversation to me. Well, that's an, uh, to me, that's the most that's the interesting part of it is is what what comes next. And I guess you really do have to take a perspective of let's deal with just kind of what's in front of us right now. So you've got Gorsuch now on the Supreme Court. You've got uh, hopefully, as you mentioned, Kavanaugh uh, coming on and really tipping the scales toward uh, a more favorable you know, panel of judges to reverse Roe versus Wade. And and again, Doe versus Bolton, a, a case that I had really never discussed. Uh, talk about that in terms of what happens if you get to that moment on the Supreme Court and somebody who is who we would say is conservative mm-hmm. may say I am because there are conservatives who are not pro-life or they don't have that's not where their conservatism is based. And then you also have, you know, there are several what we would call blue dog Democrats in places like Illinois who are are pro-life. So this comes to the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, how do we feel about the justices that we have there? Do we have any that are conservative but wouldn't be particularly disposed to uh, overturn this decision? It's possible. You know, no no one can really know for sure. Uh, justices, uh, the conservative justices have, by and large, supported regulation of abortion, and mm-hmm. the liberals have almost to a person uh, opposed every single regulation right. from the states that's been brought before them. So you get this sense that there there is a split on how uh, the conservatives view the Constitution and the so-called right to abortion and the and the liberals. So I don't know if we have uh, five votes to to uh, overrule Roe on the on day one of uh, a Justice Kavanaugh's term mm-hmm. if the if the right case came before it, uh, that, which is a big if. Yeah, and that precludes my next question. But go ahead. <laughs> and. Uh, and then we'll find out if, if just even conservative justices, if they want to rock the social boat um, by overturning something like that, because there's everyone, everyone misapprehends the the meaning of Roe. Gallup, you read a Gallup poll one day, and it says 80% of the people say no, we never ever overrule Roe. And then, and then in the next question, they'll say 70% favor uh, restrictions on late-term abortion and sex selection abortion and everything else, which 
under Roe would be completely acceptable. So people do not understand what Roe really is. And, and I don't know whether the Supreme Court would want to rock the boat until, until there was a better public consensus over it or not. It's one of those things where conservative justices act conservatively. They don't create <laughs> social unrest in the street, so to speak, uh, the way their counterparts do. We're talking with Bruce, Bruce Hausnacht. He's a judicial analyst with Focus in the Family. Focusinthefamily.com is the website. Bruce, one more question, and again, it's just because I'm, I'm insatiably curious about how this would all really play out in real time. So we look at a, how does, what would be the case and how would it be brought in such a way that there would be a case brought all the way up through the courts to the Supreme Court in which it would nullify Roe versus Wade. What does a case like that look like? It actually could be um, uh, almost anything related to abortion. There are plenty of states' regulations right now that are in the pipeline being challenged, Uh, everything from ultrasound laws, uh, like we're just overturned this week in Indiana, um, to clinic regulations uh, that the that were like Texas tried a couple of years ago in the Supreme Court to knock them down because the fifth vote against those regulations was Kennedy. Anything that, that uh, brings the, the uh, basic premise of Roe, that there's a constitutional right to abortion, if, if that core question can come up in the case, as opposed to a procedural and other types of preliminary questions, then that's that's the case that will uh, possibly result in the overturning of Roe. A lot of abortion cases get overturned because the plaintiffs don't have the right to even bring a suit or uh, they brought it in the wrong manner or, you know, the, all the, oh, there's a million procedural problems mm-hmm. in, in every lawsuit that, that uh, might prevent the courts from getting to the actual constitutional issue. But it only takes that one case, and they're percolating up through the federal uh, court system uh, on a monthly basis. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us. I just think it's a fascinating conversation and obviously a hope that so many of us have held for so long uh, possibly could come to fruition, uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Bruce Hausnecht has been joining us, a judicial analyst for Focus in the Family. Bruce, thank you for a great conversation, some great information, and the work that you guys do at Focus in the Family is unparalleled. Oh, thank you, Bill. Glad to be with you today. Great, great time talking to Bruce. Hey, listen, by the way, if you want to connect with Focus in the Family every weekday morning at 7 o'clock, we air Focus in the Family with Jim Daly here in Faith Talk 570, 910, and FM 102.1. Hello, Lakeland, Auburndale, Winter Haven. Uh, you can also catch up with them. Focusinthefamily.com is the website. And we're going to take a very short break here. And when we come back, Ted Bear from Movie Guide. Get an early start with God's Word. Weekday mornings at 6, it's Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff. There is no condemnation for those who know Christ Jesus. That salvation is forever. And it's 6.30, Grace to You with John MacArthur. God is choosing an heir. Think of your salvation that way. He chose you to be an heir of everything that he possesses. Strength for your morning. Faith Talk AM 570, AM 910, and FM 102.1. Hey, welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Bill Carl filling in today. Love talking with Dr. Ted Bear from Movie Guide. MovieGuide.org is the website. And Dr. Bear, today, you know, we will talk about movies, but there's something else that was on your mind. And what's happening with content providers like Facebook and Netflix? Why don't you just go ahead and jump right in with uh, some of your concerns with Netflix? Well, Netflix is doing more edgy 
movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're now out to being spending uh, multiple millions. They're bigger than anybody else in terms of spending money on movies. But the the key to all of this is that their edgy movies usually do not make money. And a lot of the movies are blatantly anti-Christian, like Boy Erased. Um, they're, you know, about a boy who... Uh, uh, has trouble distinguishing what uh, what sexy is. Mm-hmm. And his Christian pastor father, you know, forces him to go into counseling, and the counseling uh, looks brutal and mean spirited. And and it's got Nicole Kidman, it's got uh, big stars, and it's going to be so. There's there's movies that that uh, uh, different studios are doing that are edgy, that are and they don't make money. And Netflix is going to be, you know, left behind because you've got Disney now out there that's uh, going to put doing their own streaming service. And that's going to capture much more of an audience because it's family oriented. And now you've got Walmart capturing an audience. Um, So Netflix uh, and Facebook, how are they related? Facebook is related because they're both um, sort of trying to be more politically correct and Mm. more politically correct they get. Facebook trying to uh, shut down. I've got a lot of friends of mine, and you probably know a lot of people too. Uh, Larry Clayman was in here who started Judicial Watch and has Freedom Watch, and Facebook is not being kind to him. And Citizens Journal, uh, Facebook has uh, limited their audience uh, significantly. And there was just a report by the Media Research Center that, you know, Republicans are taking a deeper hit uh, from being removed from Facebook. All of those things are the politically correct drift of these organizations, which ignores the fact that most of the audience does not live in downtown West Hollywood, and it doesn't live in Soho, New York. It lives in Iowa, and it lives in Florida, and it wants to see movies it can take their kids to, and it wants to go on and uh, and support the the right causes and to believe in the values that uh, they grew up with. So it's a it's a really difficult issue. The difficult issue is that you don't want all these companies to fail. They've certainly provided a platform for a lot of people, including us. We get tremendous uh, Facebook uh, ratings. We mm-hmm. know a lot of the people at uh, Netflix. We know the head of development for South America. And we don't want these companies to just crash and burn. Um, but it's hard to convince them. Uh, that the audience is not their group of friends who party with them in, in West Hollywood. We're talking with Dr. Ted Bear from Movie Guide, and not only about movies today, but about some of the issues surrounding major providers of entertainment like Netflix and Facebook. We're going to continue that conversation when we return in just a few moments. In the meantime, you can connect with Dr. Bear at movieguide.org. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some of those issues, and we'll just talk about some of the movies that are in the theaters right now. It's all coming up on the Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Bill Carl filling in. God bless you. Thanks for listening, and we will be right back. Get an early start with God's Word. Weekday mornings at 6, it's Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff. There is no condemnation for those who know Christ Jesus. That salvation is forever. And it's 6.30, Grace to You with John MacArthur. God is choosing an heir. Think of your salvation that way. He chose you to be an heir of everything that he possesses. Strength for your morning. Faith Talk AM 570, AM 910, and FM 102.1. The Cal Thomas Commentary is brought to you by Values Through Media. 
Now here's syndicated columnist Gal Thomas. While the sideshow about Russian collusion, alleged presidential affairs, and hush money continues, real progress is being made. Only a few days ago, there was talk of a trade war between the United States and European Union. But on Wednesday, the president of the EU and President Trump had an important announcement. Rather than a trade war, the EU will negotiate a trade peace, perhaps eliminating most, if not all, tariffs and taxes on U.S. goods and products. The stock market responded with strong gains, fattening retirement portfolios. President Trump is unlike other Republican presidents. Faced with strong opposition, he fights back in order to win. Democrats oppose everything he does, but they have no issues, none. All they have is scandal, obstruction, and opposition for the sake of opposition. They also have socialism. Do they want to run on opposition and socialism in the next two elections? If they do, they'll suffer the same defeats they have in the past when they've tried this strategy. I'm Cal Thomas. For a free copy of today's commentary, visit calthomas.com or write us at Values Through Media, P.O. Box 373340, Key Largo, Florida, 33037. That's P.O. Box 373340, Key Largo, Florida, 33037. Please specify the date and subject. Your tax-deductible gifts to Values Through Media help support us. Listen again next time for the Cal Thomas Commentary. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards. The interest on the cards was really high. I was making the minimum payments, but barely. And it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. They did help me learn how to manage my money. Now, you know, we have a house and we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Holly and I am debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976. If you have a damaged windshield, keep your family safe with a premium quality replacement and a lifetime warranty from Autoglass America. If you have comprehensive insurance, Insurance. We'll buy back your old windshield for up to $100 cash on the spot. Come to you with free mobile service and install a new premium quality windshield all at no cost to you. Be safe. Call today for fast claims processing. Remember, we turn your broken glass into cold hard cash. 813-96-GLASS. That's 813-96-GLASS. Auto Glass America. Saturday afternoons at 430. Join Pastor John Couch for This Day in the Word. He says, if you really want to run hard after me, lay everything on your altar and put your Isaac on the altar and back away and say, God, this is your deal. This is for your praise and your glory, man. I'm all about you. I'm in. This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch, Saturday afternoons at 4.30 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com. Hey, welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Bill Carl filling in today, uh, and we are so excited to have you listening on this Friday. Dr. Ted Bear from Movie Guide joins us, movieguide.org. So, Dr. Bear, two biggest movies out in the theater right now. Let's go ahead and talk about them. I guess we'll start with uh, Mission Impossible. Okay, well, first place Mission Impossible Fallout is is excellent. I mean, it's one of the great 
movies. Uh, it's the best Mission Impossible since the beginning of the whole series. Mm-hmm. It's got more twists, more turns. Everybody, not just us, but all the critics are raving about it. People go see it are raving about it. Uh, you know, it's got the, the motivating factor for Ethan. Uh, he's given the choice between uh, getting the three atomic bombs from the suitcase or saving his friend. He saves his friend. He always puts life first. So it's got that undergirding of pro-life, pro-family, pro-values. The trouble with it is that each one of these Mission Impossibles, and I'm not saying this is you've got to be your own judge about whether you're going to go see it or not. I don't want to. We don't do thumbs up or thumbs down. We just tell you what's in it, and you make the choice. Is that they've added more foul language? Mm. It's not Ethan that's using the foul language. It's the villains and elsewhere. But it's it you know it started out that you'd only find one or two negative words in a Mission Impossible, and now we're up to three L's. Oh no! You're using a lot of negative words for a great movie, a really great movie. And it's so unnecessary for them to say that. If the movie stands on its own, it stands on its own, right? And I've got to go teach them that they can't do that. (laughs) Again, they're losing losing money on this. But it's a great movie. It's a powerful movie. It's going to be the big blockbuster, and um, it has surprised everybody. That's even better, and it's better. I think it's better that I don't know how many people realize it's better because it's pro-life, mm. because it's got a strong pro-life, pro-family, pro-loyalty, that they, that the friendships you have are more important than even the villain carrying the three atomic bombs. So there you go. So he ignores the situational ethic and, and decides not to make that choice and is, is the winner in the end, I'm sure. Uh, and then again, the fun movies that are out, uh, we got Mamma Mia, here we go again. Any, any thoughts on that? Or is that a, is that a, just stay away um, from it? <laughs> you know, Mamma Mia is, uh, is a chick flick. I yeah. Mean, we had one of it, our, is Mrs. Carl going to like that do. movie? That's the question. No, I don't know. It depends. <laughs> you know, it's got, uh, look, it, it's, it's sort of sanitized. But if you'd seen this movie in the 60s, it's a 60s movie. I mean, what the mother's done who got the hotel in the first place, um, you know, and oh, Rex okay. Reed, who was one of the greatest reviewers of all time. But Donna, uh, you know, had three affairs. She was a typical hippie going to find her Greek island. She had three affairs. The three guys are still around. Remember the first movie, you couldn't decide which was the father. And as Rex oh. said, now I have I have eleven grandchildren, you know. Um, they she didn't have affairs with these guys all at the same time. She couldn't figure out when <laughs> when the pregnancy came, which guy she was with. Oh boy, so this, this this you know this is a little it's too much. So to it's got that. Now this one gets a little better. It's the daughter rebuilding the hotel. At the end of it, there's a baptism. It's a little, but you still have in the background, you still have the uh, the three who who knows whether they're fathers or not, including Pierce Brosnan, who, you know, everybody has decided is the father. So there's this, still this loose sort of hippie view toward life. Mm. But there's a baptism at the end. There's some good songs in the movie. And, um, you know, my my reviewer, who was a woman, gave it four stars. So there you go. You can you can start pulling it apart. I I show the movies all the time to try to get them to be discerning, and you be the judge. You're listening to Faith Talk five seventy nine ten FM one hundred two point one. Doctor Ted Bear joins us from Movie Guide. 
And we've kind of been all over the map today uh, talking about Netflix and Facebook and what's in the theaters now and and how that's all coming out. And, and Dr. Bear, we've just got a few more weeks before school jumps back into session. The kids are getting antsy. We're trying to find things for them to do. The one kids movie that I'm seeing that uh, my daughter has asked to go see is Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. What's the word on that one? This is usually a series that we don't like, but we love this one. It's very pro-family. It's very pro-father-daughter decides that her father, it doesn't have all the weirdness. It's weird. I mean, these characters are weird. You know, it's like an old Bugs Bunny cartoon, but they're, uh, it's all about family. It's all about loyalty. It's all about loving your neighbor. It's got a lot of positive values. It doesn't have uh, uh, magical things. The one magical book is put down, is refuted. So it's not a magical thinking movie, although it's about Dracula. Now, I'm not sure if you want to take the, you know, I've taught uh, media literacy and discernment for years since I was head of the department at uh, Berkeley. I do the culture-wise family course and all that. So in the greater scheme of things, it's normalizing <laughs> monsters and vampires <laughs> who who couldn't possibly uh, coexist with human beings anyway. But the movie is a very positive father-daughter loving movie. So there's a right. lot of goodness. And if you're talking about the fall, the fall, there's going to be a flood of Christian movies coming out. So you're going to see just more Christian movies than ever. And uh, I'm extremely happy about all that. Well, Dr. Bear, thank you for talking with us today. And thank you for your recommendations, your insights on what's in the theater and what's going on in the entertainment world. By the way, if you want to make contact with Movie Guide and Dr. Bear, movieguide.org is the website. Such great content and the ability to really kind of pre-screen a movie, not just for is it going to make me laugh or cry, is it going to be action-packed, but uh, what does it mean morally for my family and I? I'm Bill Carl. Coming up next, Carmen LeBurge and the message she gave at the National Day of Prayer. Hi, this is Tony Bunkley. As you may know, Bill's on the road to full recovery, and the whole family's looking forward to having you along on our pilgrimage to the Holy Land this November. Bill's worked closely with Boaz Shalgi and EDI Travel to craft an incredible itinerary. We traveled with EDI last year, and our trip was so inspirational. This time, we want you with us as we visit Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Jericho, the Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea, Masada, even Petra in Jordan, and so much more. You can see it all, including Jerusalem's new U.S. Embassy and a special dinner at Boaz Private Residence. As someone in the travel industry, let me say that this all-inclusive trip at just $3,925 is an incredible value. Join me, Bill and Zach, on this 10-day all-inclusive pilgrimage, November 10th through the 19th. Call 813-515-1510. That's 813-515-1510. I'll personally answer all of your questions or check out all the details at letstalkfaith.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Val Dior. President Trump is thanking North Korea for turning over the remains of those believed to be U.S. service members killed in the Korean War. I want to thank Chairman Kim for keeping his word. We have many others coming, but I want to thank Chairman Kim in front of the media for 
fulfilling a promise that he made to me. The negotiated exchange involved 55 cases containing the remains of some of the more than 7,000 Americans unaccounted for since the war, which ended with a ceasefire agreement back in 53. It is the fastest U.S. economic growth since 2014, and President Trump is cheering. The president said he was thrilled to see the economy grow by 4.1 percent in the second quarter. It was the biggest surge since 2014. We're going to go a lot higher than these numbers, and these are great numbers. And he dismissed critics who believe this pace of economic growth can't continue. These numbers are very, very sustainable. This isn't a one-time shot. The GDP growth was driven by a rise in consumer spending and strong exports. Greg Clugston, Washington. Two firefighters are dead. Several others injured after the flames of a wildfire surged into the town of Redding, California. It's very erratic uh, winds, weather that promoted very erratic fire behavior. Cal Fire spokesman Scott McLean, residents of western Redding who hadn't evacuated already were caught off guard and had to flee with little notice. CHP's warning to Redding, this fire is out of control. Go. The three firefighters injured in Northern California were treated for burns to their ears, face, and hands. One firefighter and a bulldozer operator have been killed by that fire. On Wall Street, all red today. The Dow closing down 76 to 25,451. NASDAQ ending down 115 to 7737. S&P down 19 to 2819. This is Town Hall News. Ah, the bull elk's bugle, one of nature's most wondrous sounds. That is not a bull elk, that's Kim. Her RV sewage tank is spewing all over her camper. Way, way out in the middle of elk country. Yep, there's an elk. And that's Kim. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. On the streets of Miami, speed is the law. So when a corn dog goes after the wrong girl, oh, heartburn. one man will bring her Tums Ultra Strength. I'm on my way. Don't get wrecked by heartburn. Nothing works faster than Tums. Your mustard's fast, but my Tums are faster. Oh. And with Tums on the go rules, it's never been easier to leave heartburn behind. You did it. Yeah. You gonna finish that corn dog? Tums Ultra Strength, available in a store near you. The Israeli defense minister says the best answer to terrorism is the expansion of Jewish settlements. Mr. Lieberman said 400 new housing units would be built in the Adam settlement in the occupied West Bank, where Thursday's attack took place. A 17-year-old Palestinian jumped over the fence and stabbed two people, one of whom later died, before being shot dead by a man who was also injured in the confrontation. Clashes broke out when Israeli troops carried out a raid in the assailant's nearby village where they intend to demolish his family's home. Settlement building is considered illegal under international law, but Israel disputes this. BBC's Tom Bateman reporting a dispute over littering resulted in a man threatening his accuser with a machete. It happened Wednesday in Sioux Falls when a man sitting in a car outside an apartment complex dropped trash out his window. Well, an apartment resident saw it and yelled at the man in the car. The accused litterer then pulled out a machete and threatened the resident. He went to jail. This is Town Hall News. We are here to give you strength between Sundays. The author of the book of Hebrews said, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, exhorting one another. Be accountable to somebody. We are here for you. Faith Talk AM 570. Online at letstalkfaith.com.
The best voter is an informed voter. Get to know the candidates on this year's ballot at the 2018 Candidate Forum, hosted by Bell Shoals Baptist Church in Brandon, Friday, August 3rd, starting at 5.30 p.m. This free event allows you to meet the candidates running for local, county, and state office. Find out where they stand on issues that impact us all. The 2018 Candidate Forum, Friday, August 3rd at Bell Shoals Baptist Church. For more information, email 2018CandidatesForum at BellShoals.com. That's 2018CandidatesForum at BellShoals.com. You're a donut away from Sunday school, right in your car. Faith Talk, 570, 910, and FM 102.1. This hour of the Bill Bunkley Show is brought to you by EDI Travel. Good afternoon, I'm Bill Carl. Thanks so much for listening to Faith Talk, 570-910-FM-102.1. It's been great to fill in for Bill Bunkley today. You know, one of the folks who has stepped up while Bill has been away and done a great job is Carmen LeBurge, national host of The Reconnect with Carmen LeBurge. She's from this area, Tampa Bay, tremendously involved in ministry, great author of the book, Speak the Truth, Bring God Back into the Conversation. And at this year's National Day of Prayer, she spoke at the Tampa Bay Prayer Brunch at Armature Works and just did a terrific job. I thought during this five o'clock hour, we'd share that message again. And to give you a better sketch of who Carmen is, here is her former pastor to give the introduction. Hello, my name is Kathy Connor, and I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in downtown Tampa. It's an honor to introduce Carmen. Carmen Fowler LaBerge is a Tampa treasure. Is she not? And she's come home. She's a Tampa treasure, and she means the absolute world to me. Carmen and I became friends when she was 14 years old at Plant High School and involved with me in the ministry of Young Life. Young Life seeks to build trusting relationships with teenagers and then introduce them to the love of Jesus. Even then, Carmen was profound in her pursuit of her relationship with Jesus. It was quite remarkable to watch her, the way in which she was intentional, she was passionate, she was informed, and she was fun. Carmen's ministry began when she was a teenager, because even then, she spoke the truth in love with her peers. Even then, she would be the first one to raise her hand to get a pie in the face at a Young Life Club, all so that her friends who didn't know Jesus would experience his great big sense of humor. Even then, she was highly respected by her peers because of the way that she related to them so unconditionally and with so much love. It has been a deep, deep privilege of mine to walk with Carmen in life and faith, but to now be so challenged by her. Because who knew that this Tampa City girl would end up living on a 45-acre farm with chickens and cows and gardens and all kinds of fun in Nashville. And who knew that God would call her to activate Christians to be more bold and courageous to lead the cultural conversation with love rather than with judgment and personal bias. Look what God has done as a yes (laughs) 
as a writer, as a speaker, as a Christian radio show host, Carmen's show is now nationally syndicated and it airs every single day from 1 to 2 p.m. And you can look for more information about that by going to reconnectwithcarmen.com. On her show, she is seeking to help people bring God back into the cultural conversation. Isn't that powerful? And she is a trusted voice because she is a trusted evangelical voice in cultural issues of the day. Her show won Radio Program of the Year in 2017 by the National Religious Broadcasters Association. Now, I've got good news for you. If you don't have time to watch a daily one-hour show with Carmen, and I'm sad if you don't, but if you don't, she has a one-minute piece that airs every single day. It's a one-minute commentary called Reconnect One. Get it? One, one minute. It's just one minute. And in that show, she speaks about the daily issues and news events from a Christian worldview. You're also going to want to buy her book. It's called Speak the Truth, How to Bring God Back into Everyday Conversation. This is so much more than a book title. This is her calling. But guess what? It's our calling. Are we speaking the truth? How are we bringing God back into everyday conversations? Carmen, I cannot thank God enough for the way that the Lord is using your voice in the world. And I can't thank him enough for using your voice to wake up our voices in the world. Thank you, my sweet friend. Please help me welcome Carmen. Hello, Tampa Bay. So if it's not enough pressure to have the person who led you to Jesus introduce you. Um, My mom is also here and my older sister. Um, So let me, um, let me begin by saying it is, um, it is a great privilege and honor and really humbling to be in Tampa having this conversation with you today. Um, I get to, I get to do what I do every day um, in front of a national audience, but it's really different coming home to do it. Uh, And so um, as we talk about unity, as we talk about the peace of Christ, as we talk about the calling of God upon each one of our lives to actually be his ambassadors, ambassadors of the kingdom of God in the midst of the kingdoms of this world, um, I want you to consider something that I was a little disappointed in earlier in the meal. When the question was asked... For everyone who's engaged in ministry to stand up, there shouldn't have been one butt in one chair. So, if you are engaged in ministry in the marketplace, if you are engaged in ministry because you are raising a child, if you are engaged in ministry because you are activated by Christ in the world, I want you to stand up. 
Okay, my work here is pretty much done. If you leave here today embracing that sense of who you are, embracing your sense um, of yourself as an ambassador of Jesus Christ in the world that he so loves, if you get it, that that is who you are and that that's what you're on mission to do, no matter what mountain of culture you happen to be uh, climbing or, or building or witnessing in, then my work here will have been done. Because that's really what I'm all about. I am trying to help individuals reconnect the eternal with the everyday, speak the mind of Christ on the issues of the day in ways that honor him. Which means that we can't just have the gospel in our head and in our hearts and, you know, be good with Jesus ourselves. We actually have to be people who are putting those kingdom principles into practice in the marketplace of ideas in every mountain of culture. And when I say the mountains of culture, that might be new language for some of you, but we've actually prayed through the mountains of culture here today. We think of them as the family, religion or faith or the church, education, government, law, the military, the media, those engaged in, um, in news and commentary, and I would add to that social media, those engaged in arts and entertainment, business, economics, and vocation. Those are kind of the mountains of culture. Now, here's what I want to um, have you consider. Because when we talk about cultural engagement, people tend to have a specific way that they're thinking about that. And so this is sort of a question to ask of yourself. Um, there are going to be three options, by the way. Um, how do you think about culture? Do you think about culture as something with which you are at war? Is, there, is the culture at, is something that you are at war with? Is culture like a river that's carrying you along or that is overwhelming you with its tide? Or is culture the garden in which you have been placed as a responsible steward that you are supposed to be cultivating a, a harvest of righteousness? You can probably see that I have a bias toward option three. <laughs> However, um, when we talk about uh, the culture war, if I refer to it that way, you know immediately what I'm talking about, don't you? We aren't so quick to understand when we start thinking about um, culture being a garden. But where did God put the first people? In a culture. I know, I know, you said in a garden, I heard you. But he put them in a culture. He was seeking to create a culture. Adam and Eve were set there to cultivate a culture. Now, in the first culture, people walked with God in total peace and harmony in, in every aspect and area of life. And that sounds really great, doesn't it? That's exactly like life now, right? Not, not quite. So the cultural environment that we now live in is somewhat different than the Garden of Eden. But our calling in the current culture is no different. We are to walk with God in the culture of our day. It's no accident that you live now. If we, if we believe in the sovereignty of God, then it's no accident that you live now. It's also no accident that you live here. And so if you actually believe in a God who is sovereign, and you actually believe that before the creations of, of the earth, God actually 
conceived of you in his creative imagination. And if you actually believe that he sovereignly placed you at a particular point in history because he needed you to do for him the good deeds that he had established in advance for you, and that he has poured into your life by the power of his Holy Spirit everything that is necessary for carrying out his calling here and now, then you and I would begin to embrace the reality that it's no accident that we live now. So why should we be mad about it? Like, why would you be mad that you live now if now's when you're supposed to live? So if you don't like, if you do not like the fruits of unrighteousness being produced in the culture over which you have been set as a steward, then it's time to start plowing. And it's time to start planting. Now, some of you are going to immediately then add to that, and it's time to start weeding. But Jesus tells us that the weeds and the tares, they grow up together. So every time you get tempted to, you know, get in there and weed, and I like to weed. I mean, let's just, we'll just go ahead and admit, I like to weed. But weeding is actually not the primary responsibility of you and I. Right? So we, our primary responsibility is to be people who till the soil of our generation and plant the seeds of truth within it, and then leave it up to God to give the growth. Okay? So if you don't like the harvest of unrighteousness that's being produced around you, begin tilling the, sto- begin tilling the soil, begin removing the rocks. If anybody has ever gardened, and, and I'll admit to you that um, gardening is something that is now a, a regular part of the rhythm of my life. I've only been married for seven years, but I married a person who thinks everyone should have a garden and ours is kind of big. And so our garden actually every year produces rocks. Now, I mean, it produces good fruit and vegetables as well, but any of you who have actually gardened year, year after year after year, you actually know that that field, it's very strange, but that field produces rocks. And every year before you plant, you have to remove the rocks. And every year there's more rocks. I do not know how this happens, but it happens. The same is true in the culture. There are rocks and impediments to the gospel that are produced. And you and I have to be the people who remove them. Scripture actually speaks to this, right? We are supposed to be removing anything that sets itself up in opposition to the word of the Lord. Okay? So you need to be removing those impediments to the gospel, and then you need to be sowing the seed. And so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter which, which part of the culture God has placed you as a steward over. It could be the culture of the home. It could be the culture of the classroom. It could be the culture of the courtroom. It could be the culture of, of a media environment. It could be the culture of a ministry. It could be the culture of a local congregation. On and on and on and on and on. But whatever culture God has set you as a steward over, you are responsible to sow the seed of the gospel into that culture. 
If you've just joined us, you're listening to Faith Talk 570, 10 FM 102.1 with the message given by Carmen LeBurge at this year's National Day of Prayer Brunch at Armature Works. We'll continue with more in just a moment. Hi, this is Tony Bunkley. As you may know, Bill's on the road to full recovery, and the whole family's looking forward to having you along on our pilgrimage to the Holy Land this November. Bill's worked closely with Boaz Shalgi and EDI Travel to craft an incredible itinerary. We traveled with EDI last year, and our trip was so inspirational. This time, we want you with us as we visit Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Jericho, the Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea, Masada, even Petra in Jordan, and so much more. You can see it all, including Jerusalem's new U.S. Embassy and a special dinner at Boaz Private Residence. As someone in the travel industry, let me say that this all-inclusive trip at just $3,925 is an incredible value. Join me, Bill and Zach, on this 10-day all-inclusive pilgrimage November 10th through the 19th. Call 813-515-1510. That's 813-515-1510. I'll personally answer all of your questions or check out all the details at letstalkfaith.com. Maybe you're sort of like me and you engage in some righteous whining from time to time. Hi, this is Chuck Swindoll. God, something happened to me that I didn't deserve or... I didn't do anything wrong, but wrong is being done against me. Maybe you've uttered statements like that before. I know I have. And then I remind myself again, God's much too kind to be cruel. He's much too good to be unjust. And then I have to admit, Lord, you are sovereign. You are the master of this moment. I trust you. Take over, please, Lord. And you know what? He does. Pastor and teacher Chuck Swindoll. Visit Insight for Living's website at insight.org. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800 500 If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Before James Garfield became the 20th President of the United States, he was president of Hiram College in Ohio. A student's father asked Garfield if the college curriculum could be shortened so his son could graduate sooner. Garfield said it depended on what the man wanted his son to become. When God wants to make an oak tree, Garfield said, it takes 100 years. When he wants to make a squash, it requires only two months nothing against squash mind you but the point is that maturity comes with time there is no rushing god's timetable with patience and obedience maturity will come 
And this is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's curriculum for maturity on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today. Saturday mornings at 8, Ask an Attorney with Joe Pippen. If there's a mortgage still on it, then he owns uh, one half subject to the mortgage. If you pay the mortgage off and you want to be compensated for that, then just get him to sign a new mortgage or a promissory note to you so there's some, some proof that he owes you the money. Okay, I appreciate that. Ask an Attorney with Joe Pippen. Saturday mornings at 8 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Checking your inbox? Open encouragement here. Weekday mornings at 9, it's Moving Forward with Dr. Stephen Rummage. What a great opportunity for you to share Christ with your child just by telling them, I know I'm going to heaven. Here's why. And at 9.30, Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. The devil wants us to sin because he would rather fight us in our strength than the power of the Holy Spirit. Strength for your morning. Faith Talk, AM 570, AM 910, and FM 102.1. Welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Bill Carl. Thought today we would share Carmen LaBerge's message to uh, just a room full of folks at Armature Works on this year's National Day of Prayer a couple months back. It was just an incredible talk. Very challenging and encouraging at the same time. Let's continue. Now, what is God going to produce when you sow the seed of the gospel in the culture over which you have been set as a steward? What is he going to produce? This is not hard. It's the Galatians chapter 5 fruits list good fruits anybody want to help me out here it starts with pretty good pretty good you did well give yourselves a hand let's just settle on love for just a moment love is um, the nature of God God is love but in our culture we need to constantly remind one another that love is not God God is love. Love is not God. Love is the very character or nature of God. It's also his command to us. It's also the new command of Jesus to us. Um, It's also because God, by his grace, always gives us everything that's necessary for that which he commands us to do. Love is a gift. There's a whole chapter on that. The gift of love. Love is also the fruit of the work of God in our lives. And so love leads the list of the fruits of righteousness. So if we just want to use just love as a question among us today. If we're called to be people who always and in all ways demonstrate who God is by the quality and the character of our love, how are we doing? How are we doing at home? How are we doing on social media? How are we doing in the courtrooms or the justice system? How are we doing in the nation in our political discourse? If love is going to be the only thing we're going to use, it, it tops the list. I mean, we're gonna get, we can get to joy, love, joy, peace, patience we're not very good at. I'm just saying, like, right, we start doing an in-depth fruit inspection, we're going to be here a while, and it's going to look bad. 
So we just look at love. I think we could probably each have a fairly long conversation with ourselves in the mirror on just this topic. I think that in order to be people who influence the culture, which, by the way, you are a cultural influencer. There's no question that you're influencing the culture. Um, you're, there's a thing called emotional contagion, right? Which means that if you and I hang out for even a few minutes and you're emotionally twisted up in one way or another, I am going to feel it because emotion is actually contagious, okay? Um, uh, you can feel it in a car. If you've ever been trapped in a car with somebody who is really emotionally twisted up, it is contagious, is it not? How about an elevator, right? How about a courtroom? Like, there's emotional contagion in a lot of these environments where we find ourselves. Okay, so we as Christians, when you think about that for just a minute, what is the, what is the emotion that we should be having a contagious impact of the world with. We should, be, we should be infecting the world with a love contagion. That is pretty much not what people are experiencing from Christians today. That's not what they're getting from us. They're not getting, we love you. Now, for those of you who know me well, um, I'm not a person who compromises on the truth. I'm not a person who compromises on what God has said in his word. I'm not a person who compromises on the standards of sexuality or sexual behavior. I'm not a person who's compromising on those things, and yet people know that I love them. And so there is a way to do this. I know, I feel like my corner is back here. I feel like these are my people. this like right like right now is anybody else thinking to themselves where do they go to church because I want to go there (laughs) like right okay well so we won't this won't be a church advertisement so we won't ask you directly but anybody that wants to know you can go find them later and I have no idea where I was um I'll just jump back in here our subject is, is unity, and it's one thing to talk about a unity in the body of Christ, because actually um, the reality is the unity of the body of Christ is, is, is uncompromised. Like, you and I actually can't divide the body of Christ. I mean, it, there is one body. Um, there is one church. From the viewpoint of God, there's only one bride of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, here on earth now, we have lots of divisions among us, but that's just bearing witness against the fact that we're not all in the body. And I hope to be found in the body on the day of judgment, but that's up to God as well, right? And so when you and I experience a brokenness among the body here, uh, here in our generation, the, the problem it creates is the witness to the world, It's not ultimately a problem for the church, because the church is who she is, and she is who she's going to be, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against her. Okay? And so what we're talking about is visible unity. And we're talking about whether or not here in this generation, we are going as Christians 
We are going to be able to manifest a unity of the Spirit and a bond of peace in such a way that the world will come to know who? Jesus. He's our guy. That's our thing. That's our message. Um, It's his kingdom that we're seeking to advance. It's his name that we're seeking to make famous. And so the challenge, or at least one of the challenges that we face, is a competitiveness within the body of Christ, in our generation, that, that breaks down this unified witness. And so let me just encourage you, if you are, and now since you've all stood up, you know you are, engaged in ministry, you are hereby charged to engage in that ministry in a way that is collaborative, not competitive. So when we talk about collaboration, that, that's a word that everybody um, seems to like and embrace. Collaboration um, is, it means that the body's actually going to function as it's supposed to, and every part is going to do the part that it's supposed to do in order that the whole body uh, knit together accomplishes the work for which God called it. Does this sound familiar at all? Like, there's a lot of body theology in the New Testament if you need to brush up on it. But every part uh, of the body has a responsibility to do what it is called to do in order that the whole body might function together. So if you're not doing your part, the rest of us are actually paralyzed. That's, that's what happens when a part of the body sits out. Right? So don't sit out. It's, 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 time, it's time to get engaged. Whatever part of the body you are, I want you to get engaged in it. Um, on the subject of unity, I think that um, I think that the racial reconciliation question is probably for us as the church um, one of the greatest failures in, in not only in all of American history but in this American moment. Okay, reconciliation is our thing. Like as as Christians, reconciliation is our ministry. We are the people who actually understand what it means to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. We ought to be on the forefront of reconciliation conversations of every kind, of every variety. We certainly ought to be the people on the forefront of the conversation of racial reconciliation in this nation. Okay? So... Now, you shouldn't have clapped unless you want to do it. So... So here's the deal. When we start talking about racial reconciliation, everybody becomes uncomfortable. Everybody becomes uncomfortable. This would be my encouragement to you. Spend some time in your prayer closet with the book of Philemon. First of all, it's really short. But I want you to consider... I want you to consider Paul's language and how he relates to the two men in that conversation. And I want you to think about that as a pattern for racial reconciliation here in the United States of America. What would it mean for those of us in the body of Christ to actually demonstrate a unity of the spirit and a bond of peace to the world on this particular subject? What if we actually got to the place where, as Christians, we could acknowledge that we stand on equal footing at creation, 
that we stand on equal footing at the cross, and that we will stand on equal footing in the kingdom of heaven. I think that this particular conversation is the one that we have got to be having in our homes. It's the one we have got to be having in our classrooms. It's the one we have to be having in our courtrooms. It's the one we have to be having on every mountain of culture. And when we say that uh, politics is downstream of culture, that gets to the river conversation, as if culture is a river. Well, if culture is a river, don't just let it carry you away. When culture is flowing in a direction or at a pace or with a, uh, or with a current that you know is contrary to the word of God, you are obligated to stand against it, not just go with the flow of it. Now, let me, again, see, this is the dangerous clap. This is dangerous to clap to these things because I'm inviting you in many ways to stand on what culture sees as the wrong side of history. And I believe that increasingly in our culture, the challenge that Christians are going to face is this one. Is it more important that I be seen by others standing on the right side of history, or is it more important that I be found on the right side of a holy God? So um, I'm a person who spends a lot of time uh, consuming news. I'm a pretty voracious consumer of the news in order that I can then help other people uh, be equipped to engage the news of the day from a Christian worldview and actually enter into the cultural conversations of the day in ways that honor Jesus. So it won't surprise you that I read a lot of um, statistics and research about, you know, the mood uh, of the nation or uh, or research related to, you know, so who's out there and what are they thinking. So if you want to be a person who is going to influence the culture, then you have to understand the culture that you're living in. So if you're not up to speed yet on the research related to Generation Z, right, you're thinking to yourself, I thought the millennials were the ones we were concerned about. The millennials now all have babies, and they're raising a new generation, and that generation is called Generation Z. So if you're still trying to reach millennials, that gr- that's great, but they're all grown up. <laughs> so the generation that we really need to be intentionally focused on is reaching Generation Z. Generation Z is the first non-white majority generation in the United States of America. I will repeat that for those of you who, who are not aware of this demographic trend. Generation Z is the first non-majority white generation in America. They are also the largest generation. They are the most diverse in every way. Uh, they are fluid in terms of their understanding of gender. They are non-committed in terms of their understanding of God. In order to influence their conversation related to their gender identity or all of their identity issues, we have to influence how they see and understand who God is. We're not going to solve the identity theft problem in this country. And when I talk about identity theft, I'm talking about the real big identity theft 
the deceiver who comes to kill and steal and destroy and has robbed people of their understanding of who they are as image bearers of the creator and children of the king? That's, that's the identity theft issue. If we're going to solve the identity theft issue in this country and actually see people restored, then we're going to have to see them reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And if you and I think that we are going to craft some unity apart from Jesus, we're fooling ourselves. You cannot have community without unity, and you can't have unity without Jesus. And so if in your community you're trying to craft a unity or gin up some kind of unity apart from Christ, trust me when I tell you your efforts will be futile. And so let me encourage you as community leaders, as people who are concerned about this particular community of Tampa Bay, as people who are, who are prayerful and prayer warriors, as people who understand that we have all of these influences in the culture and that you and I actively participate in these cultural uh, influencing streams, minerals, now you can pick your image and work with it. You and I have a responsibility to not just be people who bear the name of Christ on Sunday. We, we actually have to live into our identity as the ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven with all the dignity that that implies. We need to embrace our identity as the ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven in the midst of the kingdoms of this world. And the kingdom of the world where you now live is Tampa Bay. That is Carmen LeBurge as she spoke to a room probably filled with a thousand people at the National Day of Prayer brunch held at Armature Works this past May. I was impacted by that message greatly and wanted to share it with you today. We'll have the conclusion coming up in just a moment. replace your home's carpet or flooring call sears flooring to get shop at home convenience you can trust sears flooring brings the showroom to you with a wide range of carpet tile hardwood and laminate and if you call right now you'll save 20 percent call for a free in-home consultation at 1-888-491-3939 sears flooring has many styles to match your home and your budget your new flooring will be precisely installed and your satisfaction is guaranteed so call Sears Flooring right now and save 20%. Call 1-888-491-3939. Offer ends soon. Not available in all areas. Installation provided by Sears Authorized Licensed Contractors. License information available upon request. Call Sears Flooring. You'll save 20% if you call now. Call 1-888-491-3939. That's 1-888-491-3939. Sears. You're an author writing a Christian book, so you may know this cheery little fact. Old-fashioned publishers reject thousands of manuscripts each year. You know your book is fabulous, but hey, if it's not what a publisher needs, eh, all you need is your book in print. You want it on Amazon. You want to spread the word the way you've written it. So do it. Forget old-fashioned publishing. Publish yourself with 21st Century Christian Publishing at Zulon Press. 
Fast and affordable, Zulon Press gives you the power to put your Christian book on the market the way you want it. Zulon Press knows your mission because they have the same mission. Publish your book, see it on Amazon, be a published author with Zulon Press. Learn more with your free guide to Christian publishing. Visit ChristianPublishing.com. Get your book hot off the press. Zulon Press. Find your free publishing guide at ChristianPublishing.com. Zulon Press is a division of Salem Communications. The same great people who bring you this nifty radio station. Janae's Tropicals is your one-stop shop for fruit trees, exotic tropical plants and palms, citrus, and more. Join Janae every Saturday morning at 9.30 as she shares more than 24 years of horticultural experience and hosts other green thumb experts to give you free gardening advice. Janae will teach you to live off the land and love it. Visit Janae online at tropicalfruit.com and join her every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Faith Talk 570 WTBN online at letstalkfaith.com. Sunday mornings at 7.30, don't miss the crucified message with Dr. Tony Young Jr. Let me remind you, that's the way you and I have acted toward God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but not only that, he gives us life, he gives us health, strength, food, shelter, and clothing. The crucified message with Dr. Tony Young Jr. Sunday mornings at 7.30 on Faith Talk AM 570 and online at letstalkfaith.com. Saturday afternoons at 4.30. Join Pastor John Couch for This Day in the Word. He says, if you really want to run hard after me, lay everything on your altar and put your Isaac on the altar and back away and say, God, this is your deal. This is for your praise and your glory, man. I'm all about you. I'm in. This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. Saturday afternoons at 4.30 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Don't let the morning rush keep you from God's Word. Weekday mornings at 8, it's Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Be the people of God. Love God and love your neighbor. And we will live as the republic that our founding fathers and God so desire. And at 8.30, Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Ever since my kids can remember, I've been telling them about Jesus and trying to lead them to Him. Strength for your morning. Faith Talk, AM 570, AM 910, and FM 102.1. In every chain will break, his broken hearts declare his praise. But who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion. Welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Bill Carl filling in. This hour we've been listening to Carmen LeBurge and the message that she gave at the National Day of Prayer Brunch uh, here in Tampa at Armature Works back in May. Very impacting talk. Let's bring the conclusion to you now. And so when you go forth from this place today, you go forth as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. Now, ambassadors talk about their native land, which means we ought to be talking about the kingdom of God. Ambassadors represent a foreign king. So we ought to be people who are representing God, Jesus Christ, to the kingdoms of this world that do not yet know him. Do you see how this works? And can you see how if you begin to understand yourself in that role and with that responsibility? By the way, ambassadors are not at war with the countries where they go to serve. So you're like a foreign ambassador from the kingdom of heaven to the United States of America, which I know this might be super duper bad news to some of you, 
is not a Christian nation. Founded on Christian principles, yes. Populated by a lot of people who are members of churches, yes. A Christian nation, Christian nations do not do what we do to unborn Americans. Christian, a Christian nation would not do in its criminal justice system what we do either. So on these fronts, I know, see, everybody is excited about the unborn. Not everybody is excited about the incarcerated. But, but, let, me, but let me just briefly touch on this. We can't really have a racial reconciliation conversation in America without having a justice conversation. And we can't have a justice conversation without having a conversation about criminal justice reform. And that's not to say that we're going to, you know, embrace lawlessness. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about getting to the place where we understand that we have systemic issues in education and in criminal justice um, and really in every other system in our country, and that we need to be serious people engaging in real reform at every level in every sector of culture in order that we can bring the gospel to bear on the lives of real men and women and children in this country. So, you want to talk about adoption? We're people who have an adoption theology. You want to talk about justice? We know the God who is just. You want to talk about righteousness and people living in a way that produces a harvest of righteousness in their lives? We're the people who know the one who is righteous. You want to talk about reconciliation? We're the people who have been reconciled to God in Jesus Christ and given a ministry of reconciliation and a message of reconciliation. Whatever the conversation is that the culture wants to be having, we are already adequately equipped to have it. We just need to get in there and start talking. So I'm going to close with this, since it's on the sheet of paper from which I was supposed to be, you know, making remarks and haven't been paying any attention to. I really, I really believe America is at a pivotal moment where we don't yet know what identity she is going to choose for the future which lies ahead. So I'm not one of those people who, you know, thinks the whole thing's already gone over the cliff and isn't worth fighting for. I do think it's past time to be fighting with it. So I want us to be fighting for, but I want us to stop fighting with. And when we talk about identity, I want us to be talking about the identity conversation from a position of image bearers and ambassadors where I'm actually demonstrating to another person what it looks like to be a child of the king. That's winsome. That's invitational. That's not me saying to them, you can't be who you want to be. That's more sort of without saying it. Wouldn't you like to be like the one who's going to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Okay, so uh, you got the identity theft thing, and you got the need for a restoration on the subject of identity. My second point is this. 
I think that there are times when we focus on um, a window of opportunity or a, a, a time that's on the calendar or that we imagine as a particular season. I want you instead to focus on the moment you're in and eternity. Okay? So moment by moment, moment by every single moment is a moment of confession and a moment of uh, inviting God to bring me into greater conformity with his will. Moment. Every moment is the moment in which we want to be found faithful. And then our other emphasis is on eternity. And, and I really am leaving everything in between the moment and eternity up to God. Because this moment is the one in which I have some control and eternity is in his hands. And I'm just sort of sort of leave that one at that. My third point is this. I encourage you to deal with people, not with issues. Deal with people, not with issues. Causes are not one. People are. So you can just think to yourself, when you are, when you feel the energy welling up with, it's always negative, by the way. When you feel the negative energy welling up within you to confront an issue, I want you to remember that that person is precious and that God knows them through and through. And that God has you in that moment to bear witness to who he is and to winsomely somehow draw them toward him, not repel them from him. So, deal with people, not with issues. Finally, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up on anyone. Don't ever give up on anyone. Aren't you glad that the person who led you to Christ didn't give up? I am. And don't ever give in to evil. Now, I want you to constantly give up to God, but don't ever give in to evil. Friends, I think that if we could become um, kingdom ambassadors who are demonstrating the principles of the kingdom of heaven to the world, doing so as we speak the truth, in the context of every conversation, we will influence the culture in which God has planted us in ways that, frankly, sitting around at some sort of strategy meeting, we would never be able to conceive of. Ronnie Floyd, who is the um, National Day of Prayer committee chair, I think, he probably has a bigger, fancier title than that now, um, but he basically is calling all of us today to unify our voices in asking God to do his next great thing in our cultural context. So I invite you to join me not only in praying that today, that God would do whatever his next great thing is in the United States of America, but praying that we would give ourselves to it. Let us pray. Holy God, help us to see every conversation as a conversation that you are interested in and in which you have placed us to be your voice and your witness. Keep us ever mindful of who you are and who we are in relationship to you. Keep us ever mindful 
that we are encountering people that you dearly love and who you desperately desire to know you. We thank you for the privileges that it is to stand as your ambassadors 